Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. In this video, I want to share with you the very best way I've ever seen somebody overcome an urge to watch pornography without willpower and without discipline. My name is Sam Tielemans, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I specialize in working with men to help them overcome their addiction to pornography for good without needing to rely on willpower and discipline and 12-step and all of the traditional methods that so often people get stuck in. When it comes to fighting urges, so many men have such a difficult time fighting and struggling and pushing out the temptations, trying to get the thoughts out of their mind, and they use so much energy and willpower to try to be successful, but what I find is that is such an ineffective route. And the reason why is because when people are struggling with an urge, if they push it away for a little bit, it doesn't mean the urge goes away. It just means that it's like subsided for a couple of minutes, days, or a week. But eventually that thought is going to creep back in and they're going to find themselves in the same battle, struggling to try to get out of the temptation because they know they don't want to slip. So many men that I work with don't want to engage with this addiction anymore. They don't want they want to break this habit. They want to overcome this problem for good, but they're using the same strategy over and over and over again hoping that something is different. They're using willpower and pushing the thoughts away instead of using a new strategy that helps them to actually eliminate the urges at the core level so they don't need to keep fighting with it. The analogy that I often share with people is imagine being a little kid again and you're at the top of a slide and you sit down and there's this bully behind you on the stairs, like on the ladder next to you, right? He's, he's right behind you. And as soon as you sit down, the bully pushes you down the slide. And when you go down the slide, you're halfway down, you grab the sides and you start to turn around and you claw your way back up. You're struggling, you're fighting. It takes all the energy. You have to really, really focus. You need a lot of strength. And sometimes you could be successful and you get back to the top of the slide. And when you get there, the bully is still there. He hasn't left. And he pushes you right back down the slide again. And then you do the same process again. You grab the sides of it. You turn around. You crawl and claw your way back up. Then the bully's there again and he pushes you back down. Eventually, using the strategy of willpower and effort, your muscles get tired. Willpower is a muscle. And it's a finite resource and it fatigues. And so if you continually are pushing our urges and temptations away, eventually you're going to get tired because it's just not sustainable. Just like how it is for the slide analogy. Well, as soon as you go down the slide, if you're trying to avoid hitting the ground, which in this case would be a relapse or a slip, if you're trying to avoid that, the best possible thing that you can do is actually not go down the slide at all. And so today I want to share with you exactly what that looks like and give you specific strategies you can apply today to help you actually make progress so you're not going down the slide all the time, fighting and struggling and hoping that you don't hit the ground. So the first thing that I want to share with you with regard to this is that it's so critical to understand what is the source of the urge. There's two different sources and the, the source matters in terms of how you approach this. So the first source is just a normal physiological drive, a drive that we all have. We as human beings are sexual beings. So that's a part of, in, that's a part of what's in our DNA and it's there on purpose. It's there by design. And we want it there because for obvious reasons, it's, it's the way that we bring children into the world. It's a part of how you can strengthen a relationship in a marriage. It's a part of how you can grow closer to spouse. So it's there for a good reason. And so whenever you feel a physiological drive, that's one of the sources that can activate that energy in your body. The other source, and this is where people get stuck when it comes to habits and addiction, 
The other source is when it's being driven by a need to escape pain. So the brain on a very fundamental level is motivated by just two things, to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And through conditioning, like if you've heard of the researcher Pavlov, you know, he's got the experiment, Pavlov's dogs. He's a European researcher back, I think, in the 60s or 70s, where he conditioned his dogs by ringing a bell every time he brought food out in front of them. So he'd bring out the food, ring the bell. The next day, bring out the food, ring the bell. And what he found that was that after a series of conditions, after multiple tests, multiple reps of this, all he would have to do is ring the bell and the dog would start to salivate even without the sight of food. So we have the same nervous system. We can learn through conditioning and experience. When I say the same nervous system, we learn in the same way. And what happens is when the brain learns that when you turn to pornography and you get a flood of dopamine and you get this adrenaline and there's oxytocin, there's these feel-good endorphins that are released in the brain, the brain starts to learn through association. Oh, if I feel bad, I can turn to pornography and then I don't feel so bad for just a moment. And then you come back to reality and you're in pain again and you're struggling and you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed or rejected or hurt or whatever it is that's driving this pain. And then the brain learns, oh, if I just turn to this behavior, I get this relief release for a little bit and I don't have to feel so bad. Through years and years of conditioning, and it doesn't even have to take years, it can be weeks and months, just through months, lots and lots of reps, the brain learns through association, when you're in pain, turn to pornography. That's a part of why the temptation arises. That's a part of why you feel the urge. It's because there's the, the, the memory of the body, the memory of the brain has, said, has taught you, turn to this behavior and you don't feel so bad. So it becomes this automatic process. You don't have to think about it. The urge just spontaneously manifests when the brain starts to feel a sense of overwhelm and when that builds, there's a tipping point and you start to feel this like pull to start to turn to the addiction. And this is where, I, this is where going back to the slide analogy, this is when you start to go down the slide, right? There's an initial trigger. There might be pain. There might be, there might be other things that are driving this, which we're gonna talk about in a second here that tips you over the slide. And when you're on the slide, you start to get pulled towards the addiction. You start to get pulled toward the, towards the pornography. And this is when there's this battle that happens. One part of you says, hey, this would feel really good to not feel so bad. Hey, this would be interesting. Hey, I'm curious. I wonder what I can find. I wanna search because maybe there's something new, right? The part of the brain that starts to justify the action that it's pulling you towards. It wants you to feel better. And if this is how your brain has learned to do that, it's gonna set you up at the top of the slide and push you down. And that's when you're gonna to start to rationalize and justify or minimize in an attempt. That's the brain's way of protecting us, right? It's, it tries to find a way to thread the needle so that you'll actually make the choice to go back to the pattern. Because the other part of you at the same time is saying, no, don't do this. I know where this leads. This doesn't actually solve my problems. It doesn't make me feel any better in the long term. I'm sacrificing my family by doing this. My wife is gonna be so hurt. There is that other voice that's present as well. But when you're halfway down the slide, there's this push-pull. And this is where it's just not sustainable because that part of you knows, I'm gonna regret this. I'm gonna feel bad. I don't really wanna do this. But the other part, the part that's being driven by the need to escape pain and seek pleasure so you don't feel so bad, that voice oftentimes is louder. And this is where this push-pull happens 
that if you're using willpower, it's just not going to work. It might work for a day, but you get to the top of the slide and guess what? The pain's still there. Guess what? The triggers are still there. And eventually you're going to get pushed right back down the slide and, and ultimately it leads to a relapse. So what do you do? The new way, one of the things that I love to say when I'm working with guys in therapy or in coaching, my mantra is it's not doing more. It's not more energy. It's not more push. It's not more resolve and commitment because if that's all it was, then you wouldn't be struggling with this. So it isn't more, it's doing it differently. And so this is the set of strategies. This is the tool that I want to share with you right now to help you do this differently that you can apply, like I said, today, ultimately to not continue to fall down that slide again. So there's three steps in the strategy. Step number one is to identify what is causing the pain. One of the quotes that I really like says, instead of asking why the addiction, ask why the pain. And I think that's very, very spot on because if you can identify exactly why you're feeling bad, it then leads you to step number two, which is you can identify what the solution to that problem is. And I wanna share with you three different examples about how to apply this. But step number one, identify the pain. Step number two, identify the solution. How do you find closure and resolve when it comes to the pain? And then step number three, finally, is you address the problem by creating a plan. And you figure out as a part of the plan, what do you need to do to eliminate any of the roadblocks or concerns or objections or fears that come up when it comes to taking action on your plan? So I wanna walk you through an example of what this looks like. One of the most common triggers that I find men struggling with is the judgment and the shame that they often inflict on themselves because they're struggling with an addiction or a bad habit of watching pornography. The shame itself is often the heaviest weight that a man will carry. And as a result of that pain, that's a part of why he's struggling so much. Unintentionally, he sets himself right back up to the top of the slide. When he slips, he acts out, he has inappropriate thoughts, he gets lost in this pattern, he feels bad about himself and he thinks to himself, I know better, I shouldn't be doing this. Why am I doing this? Why is this still a struggle? And as a result of that, he says, there must be something wrong with me. I'm not a good enough person to overcome this problem. I'm unworthy, I'm flawed, I'm defective. Why can't I figure this out? They put so much judgment and shame on themselves, which creates more pain. And as I shared with you earlier, Addiction or these habits, it's rooted in a coping mechanism for pain. So unintentionally, they're filling themselves up with more pain, which sets them up to the top of the slide and they feel bad and they're, they, it's a cycle that just doesn't end. You slip, it feels horrible, you recommit, you tell yourself you're not gonna do this anymore, you promise your wife that you won't. And so many men that I work with, when they promise and commit, they actually mean it. They want with their whole heart to overcome this problem. So they commit with everything that they have to not do this anymore. But the problem is they're using willpower as the strategy to make sure that it, you know they're successful in the process, which we've shared today. It's just not sustainable. And so when there's this trigger of shame, this is how you can apply this framework. Number one, you're identifying what's the pain? Where is this coming from? If you recognize it's how you treat yourself, it's the shame, it's the judgment, that's the place that we wanna start. So once we've identified that's the pain, we then want to identify, well, what's the solution? How do I do this differently, right? It's all about doing it different, not more. And so the solution when there's shame is self-compassion. The solution is I need to treat myself differently and not be so punishing 
There's a phrase that says the beatings will continue until the morale improves. And I think that's so often what people are attempting to do when they shame themselves. The idea is if I'm hard enough on myself, I won't keep struggling with this problem. But again, without unintentionally knowing that they're setting themselves back up to go back into the same pattern, they get stuck. So the antidote to shame is self-compassion. It's changing how we see ourselves. It's breaking the negative beliefs that we have about ourselves. If I walk around feeling unworthy or less than or not enough or like I'm a failure, it's very, very hard to be optimistic and happy and be present and connect. Those things are at odds with one another. So the solution is to be able to break those beliefs, regain or get back in touch with your self-worth so that you feel good. And when you're feeling good, you don't keep falling back down the slide because you're not triggered by the same pain that you had been up until now, which is feeling bad, shame, criticism, and judgment. If there are any roadblocks, so step number three is what are the roadblocks? Well, you might say, I hear that up here. I get that. Okay, if I make a mistake, that doesn't mean I'm worthless, but I feel like I am. And that's a part of the split. That's one of the favorite things that I love working on with people is helping them link what they know up here in their mind. Hey, I know that I'm not a bad person if I make a mistake. Make a mistake. But if emotionally I don't feel that, and if I don't believe that, that's where the work is. So you address, okay, this is the this is the breakdown. I need to figure out how to link the head and the heart. And I share in different episodes uh, how to do that. And if you wanted some help doing that, I, that's my that's a favorite part of the work because there's so much leverage there to help people actually feel better and reclaim their self esteem. So there's resources to help you do that. But that's the process, right? You're identifying this is the pain, this is the solution. It's self-compassion. It's breaking these beliefs. And then you're addressing what are the blocks that have prevented me from doing that. When you do this process, this is how you not, this is how you can avoid going down the slide over and over again, because you've identified this is my trigger. This is how I can approach it. Ultimately giving you a place where you can find a sense of freedom from this problem because you're not continually being triggered back into it. I just want to reinforce to everybody listening, it is 100% possible for you to escape this pattern. You don't have to be stuck in addiction or with these habits for the rest of your life if you approach it in this way. This is one of the, there's other ways to do it, of course, but this is one of the very best, most effective ways I've ever seen. And this is what I teach the guys that I coach is if you walk yourself through this process or in the beginning, if I'm working with them, I help them through it. So they can actually do it and implement it and feel comfortable with it and know how to do it and sustain it so that long after we finish our coaching program, they're able to make progress continually because they know how to do it. And so I just, I want to just emphasize to everybody who's listening, it is 100% possible for you to overcome this problem by approaching it in a way that will actually work for you. And so, like I said, this is one of the best ways that I've seen that. And so I hope that you can implement this and apply it to your life. And if you get stuck, again, there's resources to help you. You can reach out for help. There's other videos, there's other podcasts, but I've seen this be one of the best ways to do this without needing willpower. Because again, if you resolve the core of the pain, you don't need to fight against going down the slide because you're not on it anymore. You're not being triggered all the time. And that's actually how you find a sense of freedom. I want to share with you another example here to help you know how this is applicable because theory is all great and it's fine, but if you don't know how to apply it, it doesn't matter. And so I want to share with you another story. I remember working with a guy who had been struggling with a feeling of inadequacy. And this was one of his main triggers. He was struggling with this because he would uh, get into a fight with his wife. He'd feel inadequate. He'd mess up a project at work. He'd feel inadequate. His kids would be upset with him, feel inadequate. That just kind of was his home base. 
and he would continually struggle with being tempted. And one thing that's important to note is that it's not always this causal relationship where fight with wife equals 10 minutes later, I'm in my room and I'm scrolling and I shouldn't be. Or I mess up at work, so five minutes later, as soon as I get home from work, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm acting out and watching pornography. It's not usually like that. What usually happens is that there's this undercurrent of pain. For this particular client, it was inadequacy. He continually felt like he wasn't enough. He felt like he was failing, and despite his best efforts, he was really having a hard time making progress. And this was the same cycle he was stuck in. The more pain, I think about it more like it's, again, less cause and effect and much more like a cauldron or a pressure cooker. Like I said, let's go with a cauldron. Imagine putting all this stuff into a cauldron and the the water starts to boil. Eventually, the more the water boils, the more everything's going to spill out over the top of it. And I feel like it's very, very similar when it comes to somebody struggling with a a challenge to pornography. It's like a, a cauldron of pain, of sadness, of rejection, of stress. And then in a moment when somebody's bored, that's when all this stuff can kind of come flooding to the surface, right? It's not just like... So often in the, in the beginning, I'm working with guys and they're like, well, my trigger is bored. I'm at boredom or my wife leaves the house and I'm triggered. So then I, you know, I relapse. The key thing is to recognize those are just moments in time that open up a space for the addiction to, to manifest. But the idea of the cauldron is that there's so much stuff that is just kind of on the back burner, all the pain, all the fear, all the overwhelm. So that then when an opportunity presents itself, it's not the opportunity itself typically that causes somebody to slip. It's everything that has led up to that opportunity. And so I think keeping that in mind can help you actually identify your triggers much more easily by reflecting on a bigger scope of what you're considering, right? It's not just like, okay, 10 minutes prior to me acting out, what did I, you know, what was going on? You can you can spend a little bit more time reflecting and including these other things so that you can actually identify what the cause of this problem is. So in this particular case, it was inadequacy. And the more he felt inadequate, the more he felt heavy, which ultimately every so often, it'd be like once, you know, once every week, every other week, he'd find himself slipping. So when we started this process and I walked him through this framework and I helped him identify, hey, there's a lot that's going on under the surface that is not getting attention. This belief in particular of not being good enough and feeling like you're inadequate and failing is a major source of why you're struggling based on everything that you've shared with me. And he said, yes, I agree. I continually feel like I'm struggling in this. And it might not always be top of mind, but it's always in the back of his mind. It's always being, that's, that's the filter through which he sees his mistakes, his interactions with other people, his struggles at work. It's filtered through this belief of not being enough. So we got to work on, after identifying that, giving, some, giving him some tools to break that belief and separate himself from his approach. That's a part of what we did. He thought, you know, decisions defined him. If I make a mistake, that means X about me. That means I'm a bad person. If I do good at work, that means I'm a good person. He was conflating these things that were not, that, that they're just not true. Your decisions aren't a reflection of your worth. Your decisions are a reflection of the tools that you have in the moment and your emotional state at the time. So if he just didn't have tools to approach his wife in a different way and have communication skills to help them understand each other, they would it would result in a fight which would make him feel like he was a failure. But when we helped him see it had nothing to do with his worth, it was just maybe his approach or what was his state at the time? What was her state at the time? Or if it's stuff going on at work, okay, is it just things that you need to be trained on? It's, it has nothing to do with your value, but 
what, so again, this, this is going to step three, right? Number one, identify the inadequacy. Number two, breaking those beliefs. And number three, this is the plan, right? So the plan was, if I feel like I'm failing at work, I just need more training. I don't need to beat myself up and tell myself I don't belong here and I'm an imposter and I'm a loser. The antidote to not knowing how to approach a certain project is not shame. The antidote is training. It's asking somebody who knows. It's getting coaching. It's finding a mentor. That's one of the things that I love the most is when I don't know the answer to something, I'll either hire somebody who does or I want to talk to somebody, a friend or somebody in my network that can help train me to solve this particular problem that I'm having. And yes, you can figure it out on your own. There's tons of resources online. You're watching this right now. You're listening to this. All these things are really, really helpful. And for so many people, just knowing what to do and how to approach it differently is all they need. And some people, if they want to speed up the process, that's when you get some help. So whether you're talking to a friend or somebody who knows what to do, that's how you can amplify or accelerate the process. And so it was with this particular client. Once he started to break this belief, he had a plan in place to approach things differently. This feeling of inadequacy left him. He wasn't struggling with that anymore. And not by accident, his relapses started to stop. He wasn't being triggered anymore. He felt just different. He felt a sense of freedom in a way that he had never had before because he wasn't continually being pushed back down the slide. He didn't have to fight anymore because there was nobody on the top of the slide pushing him down. He wasn't even on it anymore because he wasn't being set up in his pain to find some way to cope with it. And so I hope that as I share these two examples, that this is clearer on how you can start to approach things in a different way so you can actually get a different result. And my hope is that as you're listening to this, that you can see, oh, I get this now. I'm looking for my pain. What's driving this? What's the solution to this? So again, with this particular situation, maybe it was communication skills. Maybe it was training at work. It was breaking beliefs and then coming up with a plan and implementing it so you can actually get the result of what you just thought about in terms of finding the solution. So I want to encourage you as you're going through this process, again, that you can do this. I'm so confident that people can overcome this once they figure out where the snag is. And once you do and you get a game plan and know how to implement the game plan, work through the barriers that come up, the fears, the concerns, the setbacks, that takes refining in this process. And that's okay. And so as you refine your approach, you're going to get better and better at implementing this, which ultimately will lead you to a sense of freedom. So I just want to encourage you to hang in there, keep working, recognize that it's possible for you to do this by just following a different set of steps and strategies, which is much, much better without having to rely on willpower. Because of course, there's going to be days when you're stressed. There's going to be days when you're tired. There's going to be days when you're bored or you get into a fight with your wife. All of that's going to happen and that's okay. But if you know how to approach it in a different way, it doesn't have to push you back down into the same rabbit hole which ultimately is your brain trying to escape the pain. You're able to process the pain in a different way to find closure, which ultimately helps you be successful in this process long-term. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. 
So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship so you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.